There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Sonic Microphone, on. Welcome to the Pod Doctors on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast on the BBC series Doctor Who. I'm Terry. I'm Sean Fangirl And I'm Steve. And tonight we'll be discussing the series 12 finale of Doctor Who. And we have crickets. <laughs> I have Ajita. <laughs> okay, I don't even know how I feel about everything because there was a lot of questions. And these two guys have gotten... So many random crap, like articles from me going, I still don't understand this. I still don't understand. <laughs> so just feel sorry for them. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, some of our listeners are going to hate my guts, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of this episode. Yeah, well, we'll just have to deal with that as it comes because everybody right. <laughs> is entitled to their own opinion, whether they hated it, whether they loved it, or just don't understand it at all. We must go on. (laughs) So we'll start with the ratings for episode 10. It brought in a 0.12 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.466 million viewers, making it the 79th rated show for the day. It must have been a pretty day out in most of the United States as we had a drop in total viewers from episode 9, but it jumped in ratings, so... Who the hell knows anymore? Thank I we you. The, I thought we were in the 60s last week. That's what doesn't make any sense. Yeah. See, I told you somebody needs to explain Nielsen to me. <laughs> Nielsen just needs to stop it altogether. Let yeah. some other company do it. Somebody who can do all the streaming and on demand because they yeah. really need to catch up. Right. It's a wibbly wobbly, timey-wimey kind of thing. Yeah, apparently <laughs> so. Because they've been <laughs> at it for a couple of years and still ain't figured out how to do it. Yeah. So one thing I want to ask now, this is our season finale and it looks like we're not getting anything till Christmas again, Christmas, New Year's. Is that correct? Right. At least it won't be a full year and a half or something like that. At least we get something within a year. But is it looking like we're going to have the season jump off from there or is it going to be one of those weird things where like we did with Tenant before? Like, have either of you seen anything? Nope. I haven't, and I don't expect with Chibnall that it will, the season 13 will start 
with it, the holiday special. I can't even call it the Christmas special anymore. It's the holiday special. And as far as we know, the fam is going to be back for that episode. And after that, the only thing we're certain of is Chibnall and Jody will be there for season 13. We don't know about anybody else. Well, I know I did see something about, oh my gosh, Graham. Yeah, Bradley. Graham and, yeah, they're both, li- Graham and Ryan are leaving after the Christmas special. Yeah, Bradley Walsh okay. is going to be heading up a different show. I don't know if they officially said he was leaving, did they? Because just because you're in one show doesn't mean you're not in another. Right, We've seen yeah. that with several well, I hadn't seen anything about Bradley being on another show. I, the only thing I saw was a post that said he just quit. Now, I didn't dig into it to try to verify it with anything else. But yeah, it that wouldn't surprise me. Now, I know Tosin has got a series here in the U.S. that he's going to be filming. Oh. So he may have conflicts with uh, scheduling between both series. Gotcha. Well, I mean, we know that. The companions don't stay forever, so... Right, and unless they kill them off in the holiday episode, which I don't think we've ever had lost a companion in a holiday episode. It's usually a season finale, and they all survived this finale. I, somebody did. I don't <laughs> trust anything, so... Yeah, Chibnall has gone where no man has gone before. <laughs> All right, let's get in the dumper. <laughs> let's grab this giant boulder that is episode 10 and jump into the deep end of the pool so we can discuss, shall we? All right, here's my first complaint. <laughs> <laughs> let me give the synopsis first. Okay. <laughs> episode 10 The Timeless Children, The Cybermen Attack, and for the Doctor, Nothing Will Ever Be the Same. Yeah, no kidding. All right, we kept hearing about the Timeless Child, and they named this the Timeless Children. Of course. Vomit. They, they couldn't have made it simple. So, And from what we <laughs> saw of the child, before it was even an adult, it had regenerated at least 10 times. As, as its adoptive mom kept killing it. Right, exactly. <laughs> what a great mom. It was pretty messed up. Yeah. Be they right. Shabokans or be they Time Lords, they still... Suck. Yeah. Well, we heard of the Shabogans before, a long time ago. But, Sean, why don't you jump in here? <laughs> All right. Let's jump in with the Timeless Child. Obviously, a lot to unpack. We're going to be talking about it as we go, and some good, some bad. The biggest, most universe-altering revelation, the true nature of the Timeless Child. Now, this has been a pretty cryptic phrase, and we've heard it a few times. But the last time that we had heard it was about two years ago in the Ghost Monument, when 13, in only her second episode, had gotten that weird, I don't even know what the hell those things were, cloth aliens? (laughs) I don't know, tapeworms that look like cloth? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, at least they're not hoarding it on that planet. But anyway, saying it, whispering it, and she was not exactly happy-go-lucky after she heard that. No. But it seems... makes no sense once you see this episode. (laughs) Right. It seems, and I'm saying this that way because can we ever really trust the Master? Oh, hell no. It seems the Master has uncovered the truth and it shook him enough to burn Gallifrey to the ground. Now he's sharing that knowledge with his oldest friend slash foe, so his frenemy. Yep. 
depending on which reincarnation he is, he, she, <laughs> they. After outrunning an army of Cybermen in the previous episode, the Doctor finds herself in the ruins of Gallifrey, which is really a little heartbreaking to see. Like, how devastating the destruction of Gallifrey was. And how many times are they going to blow up this damn planet? Yeah. Yeah, you know. Good Every God. time you think they got it, all right, we got it fixed. Nope. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Man. But the master traps her there and forces her to stare into the Matrix, an ancient repository of all Time Lord knowledge. Hmm. And it's there that she learns... And I'm saying this in quotes because I'm not really sure. The truth. She's not the last of the Time Lords after all. Instead, she is the very first. The so-called Timeless Child. Now, this was really weird to me because of one of the many theories that I threw at poor Terry and Steve that I had read about. That what if she's still stuck with those weird fingers in her ear? And this is like a nightmare scenario. And I'm like, okay. And then again, oh, she's the timeless child. Here, look at all this information and see this. But the master we know lies so much. So I had so many questions. And then another theory I I threw at these poor poor guys (laughs) was that this version of the master somehow came between sims and gonzalez because when missy happened oh i'm sorry (laughs) gomez she said i knew the doctor ever since she was a little girl and it's like wait a second did she know more than we know it it was so confusing the line she said to clara and i'm gonna paraphrase is uh, i knew the doctor since the cloister wars since he stole the moon and the president's wife and since he was a little girl one of those is not true can you figure out which one (laughs) so and then you get this and it's like what i'm so confused yeah i mean with the way the master has always wanted to break the doctor's spirit he didn't want to kill the doctor he wants to break the doctor yes this is definitely would do it a genius evil plan if it was his evil plan I think one I read today even said that if they're saying that this is the case, that there's a timeless child, could it be the master? And that's why the master has kind of lost all sense of himself, even with what he showed the doctor. Would have made more sense. From a writing standpoint, it would have made a hell of a lot more sense. I mean, they do show like, oh, all of a sudden it's like, oh, everything's blank here. I don't know what happened. So they can kind of throw anything in there. I'll throw this in there. Chibnall's a hack. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel, Terry. (laughs) I'd have to bleep it out. (laughs) We're going to have a lot of bleeps in this episode, I think. Bleep, bleep. Yeah, it's just a lot of questions with this. From a writing standpoint, it would have made a hell of a lot more sense to have made the master the timeless child. Because then, I mean, the way the the one thing that I like that would have been something that the master would have said was, you know, there's a piece of you that's always in me, and he says I can't bear that. Now, yeah, that makes sense, and I yes, can see the master absolutely. being upset, right? But I think from a writing standpoint, and, and to not screw with canon all the way pre-beginning, it'd be better to make him the timeless child because then. He could say, you know, I'm the timeless child, and as much as you'd hate to admit it, there's a piece of me inside of you. Right. And you have you have to go on living with that knowledge. 
And that even feeds back to the sixth doctor during the trial of the Time Lord, when the then master, Anthony Ainley, said to him about the Valyard, he said, everybody has evil in them, even you. And that would have tied nicely with that if the, the master would have said, I'm the timeless child, I found that out, and there's a piece of me in you. That would have been in sync, at least that one little element of it. But like I said, Chibnall's a hack. Anyway, <laughs> who makes me hack? Anyway, so we go to the story here. Do I have to read this? Um, <laughs> I am so PO'd. Long before the Time Lords ruled the galaxy, an indigenous Gallifreyan named Tectiun, played by Salen Baxter, name doesn't ring a bell for me, found a lonely child from another universe stranded by a strange interdimensional portal. There's another portal. Yep. Now, we don't know if the kid intentionally went there, was dropped there, fell out of a ship and fell through the water and came through the portal. We don't know. Nope. Kid's just standing there. And apparently this kid is very first doctor. Yeah, the first one that regenerates. And not even from Gallifrey. The doctor is no longer from Gallifrey. Wonderful. So uh, Tectiun takes the girl, raised her as her own, until she discovered, after an accident falling off a cliff, (laughs) another falling off the cliff. Right. Now we see the The child had the ability to regenerate, renewing her body and cheating death over and over again. This is where somebody kind of threw out a theory that what if the Time Lord had dropped the kid off there because they knew that this is somehow they, they had to start. Like, Time Lords from the future went back in time and dropped the kid off there so no, that Tech Turn could do this. And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> no. Not buying like, it. I mean, just reading the theories, I'm like, get your tinfoil hat on and get your margaritas ready because there's a hell of a lot of salt. Yeah. <laughs> so she studies the adopted daughter and kills her over and over again. What a mom. <laughs> yeah. So messed up. What Mother of the year. Mom. So basically, so basically, the doctor is not Gallifreyan. There goes that piece of uh, lore. And the doctor is an immortal. Well, see, it, again, do we still believe that it is 100% the doctor? Well, I'm just going with what we saw. You yeah, can say that true. the Matrix screws with people, the master lies. Sure. And you combine the two, that could be one hell of a tale that'll really mess with your head. But I'm going with what's here. Right. So... Yeah, she kills her over and over again, and so the, basically the Doctor is not Gallifreyan and is an immortal. It was only later that when she finds a way to splice her the ability into her own genetics. So the Time Lords came about through gene splicing. Delightful. Yep. And that created the race that they took on the name Time Lords, which the Master said, you know, their own, uh, I forget the word he used, but something about arrogance or something like pompousness or something. Oh, yeah. And then they came up with the limit of 12, which is kind of dopey, because if it's an immortal, then what did uh, Matt Smith's doctor need with a whole new set of regenerations? That blows that out of the water. That was done for no reason. And then going back to, it was with Sims and Tenet, when Tenet was like shrinking. Yeah. Because he wasn't regenerating, and and he turned into that weird little troll-looking thing. Yeah. I'm like, wait, how does this fall in here? So uh, as for the child herself, because a tech Tayun regenerates into a male. So we had, to, we had to make sure that the first doctor was female. And you can get into all the, the sociopolitics that you hear about all the time. But we had, to, we had to, whether it was female or male, you screwed with the whole thing. So as for the child herself, 
The Time Lords recruited her, who was a him at that point. Here it blows another piece of lore out. Into yeah. a top-secret organization called The Division, sending her on missions and wiping her memory when necessary until she grew into the figure we know as the Doctor. So the whole idea of the Doctor being tired of the Time Lord, I don't know if you want to call it lifestyle, but the Time Lord mentality, and he wanted to go out and get involved in some things and do some good, that's why he left. He didn't want to be restricted anymore. That's out of the water now. Now the Doctor worked for this thing called the Division. I don't think we can completely cut that out, because, yeah, the... The doctor worked for Division up to a certain point, and then either Division revolted against the Time Lords, or the Time Lords shut Division down. Where did you get that? Well, we assume (laughs) that, or at least my assumption, is Ruth is one of the last doctors that worked for Division. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Probably the very last. So. Okay. (laughs) the time lords decided to shut division down because in their frame of mind the doctor was getting into helping people like brendan as a police officer and that was what they didn't want to happen i think probably the initial division was supposed to be just keeping an eye on everything more of a spy type thing instead of actually being interactive with the societies where they sent them to. Okay. And so if that was the case, they shut Division down, but the first doctor, they they wiped the mind of the last Division doctor, but they didn't quite get it all. And as our first doctor grew up, he felt like, yeah, this is something that he should be doing instead of what the Time Lords were trying to teach him that he should be doing. So I don't think that completely cuts out that part of the origin story as we know it. I think that all happened before the origin story, basically, with The Division. Okay. I don't buy it, but okay. I don't see the need for The Division. Right. I think At least the doctor, not yet. <laughs> I think that yeah, there was no need for it. I think to now give the doctor this super subversive, organizationally subversive motivation or permission to do what we've seen the Doctor do during the run of the series uh, is totally unnecessary. And it blows to me, I know you're saying it doesn't really mess with it, but to me, the whole idea was he just got tired of it. He wanted to be a renegade on his own, and he went off on his own. He left with his granddaughter, and off they went. And so this whole thing where now there's a there's an organizational permission layer to this called the division, I don't see the need for that. I don't see, you know, like these people who are supporting this final episode, oh, it gives you so much more. Well, you're adding another layer, but what do you get out of it? My thing is, what would be the payoff for, for the division? There is no payoff. You're just throwing on another layer and totally changing the reason why the doctor left Gallifrey in the first place. So what's the payoff? I don't see the payoff. Right. You know what I'm trying to get at? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't see the payoff for it. I'm sitting there and it's like, well, you know, well, however, there's other reasons and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I love wearing too much eyeshadow and we're going to do this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's like, really? Are you serious? And Tech Tayun is the one who's sitting there as the male, 
in the room and this lady who's in charge of the division is telling this is what you can do now. Shouldn't he be telling her? If you're the one that started this whole Time Lord thing, shouldn't you be telling her? Aren't you, you know, the big Mahoff in charge? But now this lady, go ahead. Yeah, that would make a little more sense. I didn't even think about that. But she's telling him, well, there's a, so the division, what, came on its own and then just kind of worked its way in and forced its way in. She's lecturing Tech Tayun as a male. Here's what you can do now because you're in the division. Well, Tech Tayun should have created the division if you're going to do that. And nowhere does it say that Tech Tayun did that. So that's why I'm saying you're throwing on another layer with this division. And I know what you're saying it doesn't blow the whole origin story of what we've heard about William Hartnell's doctor, but to me, it's totally unnecessary. It's just like, well, yeah, there's an origin story, but I'm in charge now. I have to add an extra layer. What's the payoff? I get a paycheck. (laughs) Well, it opens the possibility for the doctor to explore more of the past than she has ever previously been able to do. Why do we now, need more I, Yeah, we don't, but I do think that if she got more of an idea of what the division doctors were like, and, and we kind of saw that with Ruth, that it would keep the darkness that we see from time to time further down to where we don't see it as much. Because she wouldn't want to become that way again. Okay. <laughs> Steve is trying real hard. No, I am. Like, I'm stretching I, to I, find I, things <laughs> to explain this. He is trying real hard and not doing it very well. <laughs> no, it's not. You're not doing it well. I just, you're. It's not that you're not making good points. It's just I don't see the the yeah, reasoning the behind. It. Right. Yeah. So you mean so for me. I guess the newer fans need to have everything spoon-fed to them. And if we have younger fans, I guess I would have just lost them now. (laughs) And I don't mean it as an insult. It's just different takes on what you want to see. I guess maybe the newer fans, maybe who are strictly new who or later new who, want everything explained down to the nth degree. I didn't see anything wrong with the Doctor's origin story going back to William Hartnell. And he got tired of Time Lord society. And he wanted to go off on his own, so he even took his granddaughter with him, and off he went. I don't see any problem with letting that remain as the origin story. But to add all this stuff, where the doctor's not even from Gallifrey, the ability to regenerate is an immortal ability from another planet, class of people, or beings. The Time Lords came about through gene splicing, and then they, you know, and so it blows out a whole bunch of stuff, and then they they discovered a. Then the other things they talk about is they discovered space travel and then time travel. Didn't even talk about Rassilon and Omega. There I'm going back a bit. Right. For those of you who haven't looked it up, Google it, Doctor Who Omega. And the Rassilon story and the story of Omega completely glossed over it. Didn't even talk about it. And so to me, it's just, well, I can't say that word, but <laughs> it's defecating on stuff that need not be defecated on. If you Every showrunner has wanted to tinker with the lore. Oh, absolutely. Every showrunner. Even Moffat, the one before Chibnall, had, even if he had disagreements with some of the lore of Doctor Who, whatever he did in that direction was minimal. The biggest thing he did was the war doctor, and then uh, the master being female. Those were her t- his two big things. Well, that didn't really screw with the Doctor's lore, his origin story. You know, the history of the Time Lords didn't mess with any of that. 
my only complaint is we were, you know, we were going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, war, nine, 10, 11, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, there's a new number invented. <laughs> there's a new number called war. It's between eight and nine. I mean, but I mean, that none of that messed with the origin of the doctor or the origin of Gallifrey or the origin of the Time Lords. None of it. And no previous showrunner would ever do that, even if they really wanted to. And Chibnall decided, hey, guess what? I'm not even going to take a knife. I'm going to take a hatchet. Yeah. And that's what he did. And I am, <laughs> folks, I am really biting my tongue. Steve knows because I sent him some messages on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> am I biting my tongue? Absolutely, you are. I'm biting my tongue big time, folks. I might have to get I might have to get stitches before we finish the broadcast here. <laughs> Call nine one one. I don't want to go on too far. I have more to say, but I'll let Steve jump in here to carry us through. <laughs> all right. Whitaker turns out not to be the first female doctor at all. There have been countless more before her. All forgotten. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, got that sneezing problem. Yeah, Joe Martin's Ruth, whom we met earlier this season, is presumably one of those lost lives. And because parts of the Matrix have been redacted, it's impossible to know exactly how many there have been. But they did end up pulling the images from the Morbius yes. doctors that I yes. questioned you guys about. Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> I was confused with that. I'm like, what the Jeez, hell was that? Uh, before we get to that, finish that next thing, Stephen. I got something to say about Brendan. <laughs> All right. The last episode's visions of the Irish police officer Brendan are a filtered, edited version of the Doctor's story. An immortal being pushed into service and their memory wiped. Okay. So the episode makes us understand or believe that Brendan was a version of the doctor. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I agree with that. So Brendan gets shot, falls off a cliff, survives, and doesn't regenerate. I thought that was weird. Very Why? true. Why? Why didn't Brendan regenerate? Yep. No other doctor Good has... question. I mean, Capaldi's stayed it off for a while, but no doctor got killed and then stayed in the same form. Right. Yeah, because so, Tennant even put his regeneration energy into Handy. Into the Handy, yeah. <laughs> Heidi ho Yeah, so I mean, Brendan's supposed to be one of the versions of the Doctor, and he gets killed, falls off a cliff, but stays the same. Right, and if they wouldn't have shown the girl regenerating who fell off a cliff, yep. I definitely can agree that that is definitely a error in Chibnall's writing. Not even a plot hole, it's a plot crater. Yes, absolutely. All right, I'll let you finish. I just had to say that about Brendan. Yeah, it's a bold reveal that not only shocks the doctor, but is sure to shock audiences as well. Yes, we <laughs> have plenty of shock in the audience. Genetics didn't give the Time Lords the power to re regenerate. Instead, they stole it, and a very small piece of the doctor now lives in all of them. And that sure makes a whole lot more sense why the Time Lords have been just completely unbearable as far as I'm concerned and would rather the, see the Doctor just go away. Do you think all of them know it? Because I, don't I think was all under the impression the that most of them didn't know. Right. Well, the ruling class, I'm sure, knew it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure the ruling class of the Time Lords knew all the history, even the redacted stuff. Hmm, interesting. Well, this little fact seems to drive the master mad. 
<laughs> he soon sets out to enact the newest part of his plan, an alliance with the Cybermen. Of course, nothing bad can come of that. No, oh. not at all. We're going to make <laughs> so, some pottery. Right. So here goes the fairly standard end of the universe finale plot involving Siberium and a death particle. And all sorts of sci-fi jargon until the master transforms all the dead time wards that he just happened to keep on ice, and of course he massacred, into an undead cyber army capable of endless regenerations. Well, weren't they capable of that already? How could they be dead? He did like, I don't know, real death for them? Really? I don't know. Maybe he took them all to their 12th death and they were like, we only have 12. So. And the other thing that I noticed about this death particle is they started out the episode saying that it would kill all organic matter in the universe. Right. I thought that's and now what they it's said down too. to planet. <laughs> yeah. Now right. it's down to it'll kill organic life on Gallif. So which is it, Chibi? Yep. Which is it? It first was going to take out the no, so now we're just going to kill all organic life on Gallifrey. Wow. Okay. No explanation why that changed. Right. Well, wasn't it because they miniaturized the uh the death particles? No, so. I don't think I don't, <laughs> I don't think, think that, so either. I don't think that would be. Could it be because they went through to Gallifrey? Like it's technically supposed to be in another universe? It's a and that's a pocket universe? Now that's, well, that's a possibility. A that is still a, a distinct possibility. But still, for everybody who has not watched and say thirteen was their first doctor. That would have been good to say. Right. And like, yeah, oh, just well. simply say, now that it's shrunk, it can only take out organic life on Gallifrey. But they started out saying Cyber Knucklehead, he was like, kills every organic thing in the universe. And all of a sudden, the wording just changed to it'll kill organic life on Gallifrey without an explanation. Right. Or even if they said, oh, but it's only going to kill off everything on Gallifrey because it's in this pocket universe. Right. Yeah. Something. Because, yeah, it, I thought it was just me, and I really did think no, I missed that's something. crappy writing. Yep. That's all it is. Lousy continuity. Another plot crater. Somebody <laughs> missed something. Uh, the images mind. of the Cyber Time Lords, though, were kind of cool. Yeah. Because they had, like, those Time Lord capes with all the Gallifreyan writing on it and looking very regal, which is very unexpected for Cybermen. Looks stupid. <laughs> I, I hated it thought that was kind of cool because it was different and so you're gonna, mostly because i didn't like the way our uh, our half-baked guy looked half dead and like well i'd rather have something looking i don't know a little more fancy put a tux on something instead of like black <laughs> first off, grossness first, first off they have armor what do you need with the with the robes it's totally ridiculous and then the headgear even the face part had Gallifreyan symbols on it. You mean to tell me that the Cybermen would go ahead and put that on there when he says our uh, reconversion is up to optimum level? So he's going to say, okay, we'll put all this stuff on there. Well, that's the master who suddenly has the Siberian no, he already side shrunk of it. That. He already shrunk crater face. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm saying because he's got the Siberium inside of him now. Right. He's like, oh, we're going to make some changes, and I'm just going to make the biggest mockery out of everything. I thought they looked stupid. I don't know. I, I really did. I just no. thought they looked ridiculous. Well, the master is just as chaotic as ever, causing more confrontations between the doctor and himself. And he is just, you know, can I just say he's a drama queen? Would that work oh, the best? Oh, uh, absolutely. Oh. Perfect. 
Just but like all the other Gallifreyans and Time right. Lords. All of them trying to outmaneuver each other. It just never seems to work. But it's like, all right, will one truly be able to kill the other? I don't know if that will ever actually come to pass. Doesn't look like it's ever going to happen. <laughs> Even though they've both tried, but... Well, it looked like the old guy took care of that. I think that's in the next section here. Oh, yeah. But that, but wasn't, it, the it, one ki- that wasn't the one killing the other, though. Right. And yeah. it's the master. Even that won't kill it. He, he'll find a way out of it and pop back up again. That's just... Who he is. Please please no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This master is a master who revels in death and blood. Yeah, I guess the red carpet's from all the blood. Sure. Casually boasting about a torture chamber in the basement, naturally, and easily dispatching the lone Cyberman with concern only for his choice of villainous pun. He's so weird. He's a real goofball, all of a sudden. So... Sure, he's eager to conquer the universe with his new endlessly regenerating army, but he's more concerned about the psychological damage he can inflict upon the doctor by shattering her psyche. <laughs> so he is so like single-minded. He just wants to screw with the doctor. Yep. He's a jerk. He's a total jerk. <laughs> but so. they all are. Yeah. yeah. So ultimately, however, the timeless child revelation doesn't break the doctor, just the series. Thanks to Ruth, doctor, but renews her sense of self. And it's her embrace of all of her repressed memories that allows her to break free of the Matrix. I thought that was kind of weird where they played the theme song during that. That was odd. It's a liberating idea that trauma doesn't have to be debilitating. True. Instead, it can grant us determination and inner power that can help us carry on. Oh, please. (laughs) Can I have another bowl of pablum, please? Extra milk. And as she goes to finally confront her old friend, it's with the cool collected strength that frightens even the master. But ultimately, the doctor attempts to sacrifice herself to bring down the master and his cyber army, but she can't bring herself to do it. Okay, I'm going to say when she's with the fam, like before this, and like kind of throws them and, and tells them no, like I got a little cheery with that part because it's like, I felt like that was some genuine like conversation with her companions and something that she hasn't actually had to say too often to her the companions right. throughout the series that I have seen so new who yeah so that kind of got me and I'm like oh my god so I teared up with that whole thing yep absolutely so the old warrior Ko Sharma steps in to pull the trigger for her because he was the one who actually sent the Siberium back to Earth past. And excuse me, how are we only going to get like, I'm going to have two sentences about this. Right. What? (laughs) What? You better come back to this. Yep. And so yet again, the doctor escapes Gallifrey in a stolen TARDIS, rewriting her own origin story. Isn't that a type 40 TARDIS? Isn't they supposed to get rid of type 40 TARDISes? That's what her... Yep. She's got hers. The one that took the gang back to Earth that materializes a house, that's another Type 40. And then the one she gets out of when she escapes that is a tree, that's a Type 40. Right. I thought they I thought they didn't have them anymore or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, Got rid of them, abolished them, whatever the heck it right. was. Probably abolished them. There, there's, there's a whole bunch of them all over the place now. Yes. What's a Type 40? 
that's the kind of TARDIS that the original Doctor took. It's a it's a style of TARDIS that when you saw one of the Clara flashbacks where she was uh, during Matt Smith's run where she could see all the Doctors, mm-hmm. the Type 40s were supposedly like these large, look like cement cylinders. Okay. And they, they had the image of William Hartnell superimposed like he was going to get into it. And she stops him. She goes, don't take that one. Take this one. They were a certain brand or type of uh, TARDIS that I forget if they, I don't think they abolished them. I think they just stopped using them or whatever it was. And here now we got three of them all over the place. We just went to the Gallifrey junkyard. Yeah, apparently. Wow. <laughs> So, wearied and humbled, the doctor takes the stolen TARDIS chameleon circuit intact back to her own ship, where she takes a minute to breathe before heading to Yorkshire to pick up her lost fam. She's waylaid, however, by the arrival of a Jadoon squadron that arrests her, and bam, she's in prison. How? How? (laughs) She was transported. I thought nobody can just, like, pop into this. Another piece of cannon like, shot in the rear end. Well, no, that's we've been doing that all much. season. I mean, we've not been... even this season. Going back, right. when you have the Titanic going into the TARDIS, and yeah, we had crap. I can't even remember all of them. We need to work on some stuff. Maybe you need to take pieces from that other one that's now a tree and upgrade. Right. Because something is not going right with the TARDIS. Well, we had something earlier this season. The one. Oh, yeah, when we first got the master, the thing the, like, the, trying to come through. Yeah, it looked, it looked like an electrical thing, and it was trying to come through the door, and then the doctor took off, and it got pulled back out the door, and it was like, wait a minute, nothing. Even the doctor was like, I don't know how that's supposed to happen, or something to that effect. Yep. And now, all of a sudden, here come the Jadoon, zip, right inside the TARDIS. Yep. Yeah. Just like, like the immortals. Right. How did they pop in there and check anything out? Right. Yeah, this season more than other ones, but it's been happening off and on with some of the doctors. Like, all of a sudden, like, something's there that shouldn't be. It's like, Chris Chibnall is a hack. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right, let's talk about the companions really quick, because we'll we'll run this down. Graham and Yaz, we know we're on the Cyber Warcraft. Graham, in order to get them off, had the grisly idea of Hiding inside the suits, even though they said, hey, you know, the suits are filled with squishy bits of us. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. We'll just take them all out. That just sounded disgusting and tedious trying to get all of that out. Somehow they managed to do it and apparently hide the human remains because they were hiding inside the cyber suits. I'm just thinking, God, that has to smell horrible. But that's me. (laughs) Yeah. And their clothes didn't get stained. Yeah. Right? (laughs) About that. There's no gunk anywhere. How about that? Yeah, that that I can chalk up to movie magic. I'm totally fine with. But it's just like more mentally. I'm like, what's inside there? (laughs) It was a little scary when they were in there. And it's like, oh, God, are they going to be found out? I honestly thought one of them was going to be found out. Right. Like the one guy who was just mouthy. I thought he was going to be like taken out. I was just thinking red shirt. But yeah, they managed to get away through the portal. And it was when Ashad was sending troops down to eliminate the last of the humans, which turned out to be Ryan and Co. But and the other kid whose name escapes me, Ethan. Ethan. Yep. But uh, they have a few tricks up their sleeves, right? Taking down one group, but there's more. And 
of course they get split up and Ethan's captured, which is why I probably forgot his name. Because, okay, we're going to surrender so we can keep him alive. Except, nope, there was not any surrendering happy. We were just going to kill him anyway. I mean, I think that was pretty obvious. Oh, yeah. yeah. And out of nowhere, those Cybermen who were about to kill Code Ryan end up getting shot by other Cybermen. And it's like, what? And Yaz, very Star Wars-y, it's us. And Graham can't get his off. I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad they threw a little bit of humor in there. And but, but still, it was like, I was just kind of thinking, that's gross. I don't want to know what's in there. Yeah. But well, it was also <laughs> great when the first wave comes down and, and Ryan is really just scared to death. And he actually throws his bomb into the middle of a platoon and takes him down and goes all Michael Jordan on him. Right? Yeah. Like, I did it. You come mess with Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> so not so fast there, Ryan. There's going to be more. Right. Never ending. But Yance is the one who's like, we're going to go save the doctor because that's what she would do. It's our turn to save her. And she takes all the survivors and they go through the boundary. And I don't know about you guys, but I just had this weird feeling, which did not pan out, but that Ko Sharmas was a Time Lord for some reason. I wavered between that and somebody that the Master had planted there. Ooh. Yeah, but I was thinking he was a Time Lord. That's why I I feel like they're going to really screw with us when the Christmas special or holiday special comes back. But going to be the Daleks. I can't. (laughs) Too much. Too much. All right. Why don't you take us into our little bits and pieces that we may not have covered? <laughs> yeah. Though hinted at the 12th Doctor's episode Extremis, this season confirmed that Time Lords have at least two, maybe three brains. And now in season 12, two episodes confirm the plural brain thing. In Praxius, brain. the Doctor refers to her brains in the plural. And then in the Timeless Children, the Master did the same thing. I didn't catch that. Three. Yeah. Three. Right? When... Capaldi's doctor was supposed to kill Missy. He ma- he mentions her three brain right. stems. Right. Oh. Yep. yep. I forget the episode, but remember he was supposed to, they were out in that open area and she was in that box and then they took her out of the box and they wanted him to kill her and, and he does all this stalling and somewhere in his talk to whoever the head guy was there, he said something about uh, her three brain stems. Oh I my gosh. Yeah. So must be hard buying a hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And back in the 1996 TV movie Doctor Who, the 8th Doctor said he was half human. The 12th Doctor mentioned this idea in Hellbent, too, when talking to Lady Me about the notion of the hybrid. Perhaps the hybrid that the Time Lords were focused on back then wasn't the Doctor at all, but perhaps the Doctor's adoptive mother, Tectiune. If Tectiune was the real hybrid, then suddenly the Time Lords torturing the 12th Doctor in Heaven Sent makes a little more sense. Let's talk about a random, oh Jesus Christmas, <laughs> this freaking episode again. A random Tom Baker episode seems to be pivotal. It's not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break this down. Related to the big reveal in The Timeless Children, during a huge flashback sequence, we saw a scene from the Tom Baker's fourth Doctor episode, The Brain of Morbius. Though the deadly assassin later established the 12-regeneration rule in late 1976. 
But back in January of 1976, the brain of Morbius presented the possibility of several hidden versions of the Doctor. For years, most fans disregarded this scene as an error, simply because the true canon of the Time Lords hadn't been established yet. But now we know the Doctor had several hidden lives before the ones we've seen. <laughs> this episode was not only made canon by association, but also be... Oh, shut up. <laughs> um, let me explain. <laughs> You're killing me. Let me explain. I'm getting tired of this crap. Okay, here's the deal. I sent Steve and Sean a video because I didn't feel like typing it out that really explained it. Okay, the writers of the episode, the, this I think it was three or four story arc because he used to do multiple parts right. in original Who. The Brain of Morbius, the original writers had said they were trying to suggest, yes, the Doctor had had regenerations prior to William Hartnell's. Now, nobody did anything with it. Nobody pursued it anymore because it was kind of disregarded. To me, when you, if you watch the episode, Tom Baker tells Sarah Jane, my favorite companion of all time, by the way, that the, the machine that he and Morbius are going to attach their heads to and have this you know, brain fight thing, he said, it's the Time Lord's version of wrestling. Okay, so it's not a machine that Morbius is using to only probe the doctor's brain and backstory or whatever. It's a wrestling match done on a machine. And the first two images we see is that of Tom Baker and then the previous uh, regeneration of Morbius, which is more human form. Uh, in the episode, he looks like one of these B-movie monsters that they ran out of parts for and he threw stuff together. <laughs> He really does. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like this bowl head and he's got like a lobster arm. It's really great. So yeah, that's the first two images you see. Then you go back and you see the previous images of the Doctor, John Pertwee, Patrick Troughton, William Hartnell. Then you see eight more images. And there were people that were saying those were the images of the Doctor. Well, they've, if it was only to probe the Doctor's mind and not, as the Doctor said, a wrestling match, then you can make the point, yeah then that's, that's previous generations. But if it's a wrestling match and you've already seen Morbius's previous regeneration along with the current one, all these other regenerations would not fit into what we knew back then as the doctor's regenerations. They would have been Morbius's previous regenerations. So they're, they're saying that this whole thing, and they even showed it when she was fighting the Matrix. Right. Dopey scene. Dopey yeah. scene. And they even showed those images, and and that kind of brought it back. And there were some people on YouTube videos like, well, they've made it canon again. He's tried to make it canon. Right, I, yes. I don't This was a, a, a real random scene from ancient Who that yeah. Chibnall has just grabbed and tried to rewrite the whole story on. Yes, I, I can see that. So if you actually were, were to watch the, the whole thing, it's, I forget if it's three or four episodes, but it's the final episode and the, where it happens. He does tell Sarah that's what it is. It's a wrestling match. It's not just a probe of his own mind and nothing else. He said it's a wrestling match. So if it's a wrestling match and you're seeing up on the screen regenerations, you're going to see both. And at that point in 76, we only knew of four doctors at that point. Right. Um, Tom being the fourth. And the so, gen regeneration rule didn't get established till later in the year. That's correct. So they, people have been kicking that around for years. It's been pretty much dropped. 
because it was nothing else was done with it. But now Chibnall is trying to the hack that he is resurrected resurrected his canon. Bite me. (laughs) He's using a a BS reasoning for something that is not Doctor's previous regeneration canon. He's making it that along with Doctor Luth. Yeah. So (laughs) that's my whole thing. I think the guy in the video did a little more succinctly, but that's the whole thing with this Brain of Morbius episode. It's just like, oh, you people, please shut up. <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I'm I'm upset. I No, I understand. I'm just like, because I don't know as much about Classic Who. That's why I was confused. And I'm like, wait, there's a Valyard in there somewhere? Like, oh. I didn't know where most of this was supposed to fall and how it came from and you never did anything with the Valyard. Nope. Yeah. That was and the Valyard was in the Matrix with the Doctor as well in that in that episode. So in that story. But yeah, they they've been kicking around this brain of Morbius thing. And it's just like if you really watch it, I think even at some point, I think the guy in the video even mentions this when the other eight images come up, Morbius says you something like you cannot fight the power of Morbius or the I'm too powerful or whatever it is while these other eight images are going up. And it's just like, if you were only seeing, well, I already said it. I'm just being repeating it. (laughs) You would have never seen the short version is the first two images you would have seen would have not been Tom Baker, the current one at that point and the previous regeneration of Morbius. You would not have seen Morbius's previous regeneration at all. Thank you. I rest my case, your honor. (laughs) Okay. Well, we have other little bits and questions that go with a big surprise. So by the end of the season, the doctor presumably has three separate TARDISes lying around. Now, my question is, why did the TARDIS not follow her like the TARDIS has followed the doctors previously? Don't know. Never said. Yeah. I thought that was weird. All she kept saying was, we can't make it back to the TARDIS. Why? Don't know. But I didn't understand why it didn't follow her because we've had that before. But in Spyfall Part 2, the Doctor steals the Master's TARDIS, disguises the house, get her and Ada Lovelace out of World War II and back to the Doctor's own TARDIS. And she later drops Ada off in the correct time using her normal TARDIS and presumably left the Master's TARDIS in the 21st century somewhere parked as a house. Yeah. I don't know, because she's going to reclaim my own TARDIS. All right. So I feel like that's even actually a fourth TARDIS than yes. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the surprise of the realtor when they walk into that house. <laughs> <laughs> it is so roomy. And yeah. for this price, you will never yeah, believe it. You yeah. can't beat it. <laughs> In the finale, we have the doctor stealing two TARDISes from Gallifrey. One is being used to set Yaz, Ryan Graham, and the far future humans back to the 21st century to live out their lives. And the chameleon circuit is working very well and disguises itself as a really big house or an apartment. I couldn't quite tell. Thought it was a house. I thought it was just a house. But yeah. And then in Timeless Children, the doctor takes one and it's a tree that's kind of planted back where her other TARDIS was in the future. But she decides to take her TARDIS. Now, I didn't understand either why the inside of the TARDIS didn't try to change. Which actually goes back to the one with Ruth when they were both in it. Why wasn't the inside of the TARDIS trying to fight and change like it did back when we had the war doctor? Right. And oh, yeah. Uh, when the other two doctors were inside. Yeah. 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 And it yeah, kept, yeah. Like, glitching, but that did not happen in anything. Right. Well, I guess we forgot about that too. <laughs> I feel like this is Game of Thrones. What's happening? And anyway, also, if you count the diner TARDIS, which is out there in the universe yeah. with Sarah and 
Lady Me from season nine. Now there's like five TARDISes. <laughs> yeah. And nobody's really accounting for all these in the Hooniverse. Yeah. So considering that supposedly all the Time Lords are dead, I no longer believe any of this. Then there's a whole lot of TARDIS out there. Right. And maybe the Jadun got a hold of one of them and figured out how to break into its security system. And that's how they just were able to pop onto the Doctor's TARDIS and sap her out of there. Be her own fault. (laughs) She's just leaving them lying around everywhere. So I don't know what's going to happen. Will Graham, Yaz, and Ryan keep one? Is that how they're going to write them off? One of them's going to fly off in a TARDIS? Is Jack going to come back? Because that seemed really odd to throw Jack in there. Right. And, and then, then actually see gone. a scene in one of the previews where he says, did you miss me? Right. Like, and now my question is, how did he know about how did he know about the lone Cyberman? He gives him that warning, not to right. the doctor, but he gives the fam the warning about beware of the lone Cyberman. Don't give it what it wants. Right. How did he, he had to be involved this? in sending the Siberian back. In yeah, time. that's true. Back, yeah, he might have been involved. That's true. That's true. I hadn't thought of that. Yep. yep. So, yeah, there's a lot of questions. I think a lot more questions than there were answers at the end, ultimately. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think you know how we all feel. I don't think we need to recap this because we know Terry is quite angry. <laughs> you I, don't know how. <laughs> yeah. I am just full of questions, and Steve is trying his darndest to reconcile everything between Terry and I. He's not going to be able to get everything together. (laughs) He ain't going to do it. My mind may blow before Steve comes up with an answer. (laughs) Resolve all this in my head. (laughs) He comes up with an answer, and I'm like, but what about this? (laughs) And then Terry's like, and this. So, yeah. What do you guys think? We want to know. Shoot us an email at thepoddoctors at gmail.com. Or you can go over to www.fangirlzone.com, go to our contacts page. You can shoot us something through any of those various links that we have so we can answer you. And we can be confused and angry and happy and anything else with you. And, of course, we ask you in your trip along the interwebs, which are probably way more in a line than Doctor Who is lately. (laughs) <laughs> to rate review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends. I don't know if you want to tell them about this episode, but tell your friends about the show. Fight me. <laughs> and we, of course, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Start with Blink. Blink is great. And Stay for with this, Blink. <laughs> this episode of the Pod Doctors, I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Terry. Insert toilet flushing sound effect. <laughs> And I'm Steve. You think you've broken me? You'll have to try harder than that. And until next time.